everybody. You've got a pose in the matrix here. It is the 13th of July, 2020, approximately 6.36 in the evening here on the Pacific Coast, the left coast. And I say that with every bit of indignation that I can muster up. And uh, Jim's uh, over there at uh, Michigan. It's 9.30, well, 9.37 probably by now. And um, anyway, tonight, folks, we uh, are going to bring up a subject. I know we've we've touched on it lightly before, but uh, it's always been in a suppository uh, matter. Um, you know, suppose this, suppose that. But I think that really right now we can declare that in our country, we we are at the beginning of what um, many would call the Second Civil War. Um, today, I just read uh, that uh, Black Lives Matter, certain factions of it, are um, planning on starting a paramilitary wing where they will be weaponized and uh, and ready to go out and um, take weapons and uh, and actually start insurrections worse than they have already, actually. And to, you know, to the credit of the honest people at Black Lives Matter, um, a lot of this stuff was brought on by Antifa. And um, Antifa is the one that basically has spurred on the uh, this militant, uh, more militant movement in Black Lives Matter. So, and uh, George Soros has been heard to say that um, he... Uh, he wants to stir up the uh, the black community in the United States. He said because they're moldable, they're easy to stir, stir up. And if you're uh, a black American and you hear that, that should anger you because you're being used as a pawn. Um, much as we're all be, being used as a pawn in one way or another, but uh, George Soros has decided that uh, black Americans aren't intelligent enough to realize that they're being used as pawns, and he's using them in such manner. Um, and I'm talking about the radicals. I'm not talking about average blacks. Just I'm not, I wouldn't talk about average whites or Latinos or anybody else, because um, we're all we'd all get along really well if it wasn't for these militant wings of our of our races and and the government and uh, billionaires like George Soros. Um, and uh, have you guys uh, seen any of the um, the news about Bill Gates? He's uh, there's more and more coming out about Bill Gates and his affiliation with Jeffrey Epstein and um, his uh, promotion of uh, they. I was watching a video uh, last night. Well, I mean, it might have been early this morning. I don't know. But uh, and it had a, a, a lady from Africa who was talking about how Bill Gates was always goes to Africa and introduces these different forms of contraception to keep the um, to keep the birth rate down in Africa. And she rightfully called it um, an attempt at uh, genocide, um, an attempt at uh, wiping out the black race. And uh, so Bill Gates is, uh, I don't know, he's, he's with me, he's, he's like a Dr. Mengele of the 21st century. Um, he's a lot more covert than Dr. Mengele was. However, and but he's got that same that same evil grin that Dr. Mengele had. Um, I, I wonder if they're somehow related. Um, <laughs> you know, it makes well, you wonder, doesn't it, guys? Well, kindred spirits, at least. Yeah, for sure. So the Civil War thing, um, we know that Civil Wars have a physical aspect to them. Um, just go to Gettysburg, um, visit Gettysburg, and 
I, I kid you not, you'll you'll feel feel a uh, an air of uh, uh, almost like the war just happened a couple of days ago when you go there. It's really weird. It's uh, any battlefield back on the East Coast, the uh, Civil War battlefield especially. If you go there, you can almost hear the troops uh, mustering up, and uh, you can almost hear the the shots being fired. It's it's the most bizarre thing I've ever experienced. Um, in a, dare I say, a paranormal sort of manner. But uh, anyway, uh, so every war has a physical component to it and, and a spiritual component. But in, in these days that are coming and, and we're in living in now, um, it seems that this civil war has a much more paranormal, supernatural, or spiritual component to it. And that's what we're going to look at tonight, um, both biblically and um, just by using our uh, the gray matter that God put within our skulls. But um, so, guys, uh, Jim, you why don't you start things off? And uh, Brian, feel free anytime. Chime in. And um, okay. So we'll uh, we'll let Jim start it off, and because uh, he's really kind of the one that had the, t- the uh, title sub- or subject title, and uh, uh, and he knows a lot more scripture than I do in, in this regard. So um. <laughs> well, I don't know, but I'll tell you, it's you know. We're learning ever since the pandemic that things can change on a dime just within a day. I mean, you just got to be prepared or, or expect the unexpected and prepared to. I, I think the only sta- stability really is knowing, according to Amos 3 7, knowing God's plan. If you know God's plan, it can keep you stable, it can keep you balanced going through, uh, you know, all these different tumultuous things that just keep popping up. So, here we are faced, you know, I, and I started going, I shaking my head and going, oh, no, oh, no. When I was watching this year's weather forecast for the hurricane season, I was looking for tandem two and three, tor- you know, hurricanes in a row coming. This is an indication that the earth is going through a physical, a physical um, um, axis shift, and it didn't happen this year. And. That is essential for the new ages to get their rapture, I believe. Uh, this is only, you know, it, it's essential because CERN is an integral part of creating this uh, uh, agitation or tribulation. And I think that their rapture is kind of pivotal on, on CERN firing up on, on September. It always does when there's an axis shift. Guess what? There's no axis shift this, this year. There's no indication of it whatsoever. Eric had said that uh, Google had announced that their CERN was not firing up this year as planned. They would be firing up next year. I believe it's with all the reasonable indications of no access ship, that's probably true. They were anticipating doing it this year. They had shut down two years ago because they promised that this year when they fired up, it was going to be a double strength. The double strength idea was thinking, good. I bet they're going to finally break the electromagnetic grid that keeps us held in a linear existence. They're going to pop it, and then we're going to be outside of time. The Great Tribulation starts. Guess what? Didn't happen this year. I believe at the same time was going to be what uh, was actually going to create what was going to create the reset and turning the world literally upside down, as David Wilkerson said, the reset, as Mark uh, Tyler said, and um, everything would go in motion and it didn't happen. So now we're faced with 
be, I, I, what I call it, guys, is a protester coalition, because it's the protesting now is not just, it started out with Antifa, which is a um, an international communist, hardcore communist um, organization, um, and mostly mostly whites, and they're they're committed to spreading communism by causing internal disruption on the host country uh, and turning it over from within and agitating people in a mob riot kind of a situation, exploiting whatever their feelings of disenfranchisement or, or whatever feelings they can rouse up and by that emotion work people up in a frenzy and get them into a mob uh, protesting kind of, a, you know, looting and committing crimes and everything else. So this is what we see happening. Um, I was approached one time by a, a black leader that was trying to, uh, was trying to bait me into tripping over my own tongue and I wasn't going to buy it. And, uh, and he said, well, you believe most of the agitators are black, don't you? And I said, where did you get an idea like that? I said, you know, did you realize how much of a racist statement he just made? No, you probably don't. I said, if I would have said that, I'd probably lose my job, get defrocked from my denomination or whatever. No, you know, I can't, I'm not allowed to say something like that. I said, as a matter of fact, no, you're wrong. I said, the agitators are mostly millennial whites, and they're wearing something red on them to indicate that they're Antifa. I said, but now it's, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So now we have uh, the Muslims are now saying that they are the new blacks, Um the gay liberation movement is now saying that, you know, that they are fighting the same fight. And I noticed that all of these groups have one thing in common. They want to destroy the Judeo-Christian culture, history, and fabric of our country and turn it into something that they are in control of, uh, an abomination, an anti-American, anti-Christ situation. So they're all flocking together. So that's why I call them the, the uh, protesting coalition, because they're all merging together to uh, to try to join forces, join together as protesters to just tear down uh, America. You know, they ran out of they run out of Confederate statues, and now they're going to attack uh, Christopher Columbus. They're going to attack uh, um, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln. Grant. Yeah. Abraham, yeah, they're going to go into Washington D.C. and take down the Washington. I mean, the the uh, Lincoln Memorial. Mom, mom, Lincoln Memorial. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I, yeah, I don't think so. No, that's you know, are you? Of course, um, I guess seven or eight uh, groups of um, um, Black Lives Matter said they were going to go in and take over Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. oh, what drug were you on, dude? <laughs> You're going to take over Texas? <laughs> ganja. Yeah, the ganja. You may. You may you may be big in the hood, but you ain't big in the state of Texas. Uh, yeah. Every good old boy that was grown grown up with a gun in his hand is going to defend that place. Uh, it, it'll be the Alamo all over. But um, you know, Jim, you brought up the you brought up a, um, a new age uh, rapture, and I I think that we need to take that and, and define it a little bit. Now, um, yes, I do believe that they're going to try to pull off uh, because they always do the same but opposite. Um, yeah. if, it's, if it's mentioned in the Bible, the New Age is going to try to do it. Um, a few years ago, I read a book called Project World Evacuation. Um, it says, Project World Evacuation, UFOs to Assist in the Great Exodus of Human Souls off this planet. Right. It was yeah. written in 1993 by the Ashtar Command. Ashtar, mm-hmm. like like the Ashtaroth in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. 
and um, compiled through Tuella, who was the channel for this book. And uh, the book basically, and, and the scary part of this book, the really scary part of it is that if, 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 let's just say that somebody got born again today and they picked up this book tonight and read it, they'd believe it. Uh, hopefully the Holy Spirit would lead them in the opposite direction right, after a right. little while. But um, they'd believe it because they use so much scripture and they twist it so well. Uh, but anyway, their plan is to, to evacuate uh, the New Age from the, the planet Earth uh, so that while everything goes down, they're not here. But they make a little interesting statement in there that talking about Christians. And it said Christians uh, or those that basically those that don't believe in the, the Project World Evacuation um, are going to be taken to a special place and held there for a little while and then brought back. And I'm like, well, that describes the real rapture, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, so they're they're saying that the New Age rapture is going to come first and then the real rapture is going to come where, where the believers in Yeshua or Jesus are taken and and then uh, you know the whole world's going to go through a tumultuous time. But um, but what Jim, that, I think what you're talking about is 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 akin to that. Well, and it's it's a theme that's been around even earlier than that. Marilyn Ferguson in her book Aliens Among Us uh, wrote about the UFO evacuation, and uh, this was back in the seven uh, late seventies when she wrote her book. Um, David Spangler wrote uh, several books, and he's a New Ager and actually a big-time guru type in the United Nations. And he said that about the Christians, that they would be taken to another dimension where they'll be much happier. Uh, right. Sounds like a final solution, New Age style to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, so so this idea has been around a long time. Uh, Peter Le Mastua wrote a book, and he was saying that, that it would be essential in order to uh, – appease Christians that, that uh, their, all of their prophecies and expectations be fulfilled. So he's saying that, you know, that they, using technology, will ful- appear to fulfill their uh, prophecies. So that's the only way they would be compatible to a new world order. So it would have to be under the guise of completing their prophecies. So again, we're seeing a, a same but opposite reversal uh, kind of situation. So when we have the, and I'm not faulting Tim LaHaye. I mean, he was a Bible scholar, but he was going by man-made traditional ideas that go all the way back to uh, the Azusa Street um, um, outpouring. And I, that was real, and it was a real movement of the spirit. But I think man tainted it, or basically Americans tainted it with this idea of a pre-tribulation rapture where Americans would be spared from anything as if we're some special kind of group. Which would be really so nice, they, actually. Well, <laughs> but I mean, you know. but it was like, it's an offense. I mean, we've had, at the one church I belong to is C3, they would send the congregation out as the missionaries. They didn't have an official missionary board. You want to go, you raise up a certain amount of money, you know, we'll, we'll prep you, teach you, and, and send you over there. So, the general congregation gets to be the missionaries and they go everywhere and anywhere. And um, in, in doing that, they're always told, especially in China, especially in other places where there's a lot of heavy persecution, don't mention a pre-tribulation rapture. It's very offensive to most of us who have had to endure such persecution and hardship. And it just is like rubbing salt into a wound. I mean, this is almost accepted almost everywhere. So this is an American thing. It's a, a homemade vanity, I, I hate to say well, it. The, the, um, the, the, the important thing is, though, that 
we know that there is going to be a rapture. Right. And whether it comes before or in the middle, Jesus is coming to get us the heck out of here. <laughs> yeah. You know, but and, and I can't I wait know. for that. Before that happens, Christian, you think you're going to be pooped away. You're going to have to deal with, oh, the civil war. Yeah, but we're going. Jesus is coming. He's going to take us away. You know what? What happens if you're still around? You think you're going to be untouched by any of the uh, tribulation? You're sadly mistaken. Now, whether you want to, I mean, you can put a different label on it and feel more comfortable on it. You can say it was, it's the beginning of sorrows. You know, we're living or in Jacob's natural state. trouble. Yeah. Or Jacob's trouble. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, whatever you want to label it, it doesn't matter. But don't think that you're going to escape any of this. You're, you're going to be around for some of it. There'll be a degree um, of persecution. Yeah I, yeah. I agree. And, and, and so, so yeah, I, I'm not even, um, you know, it's going to happen when, when the Lord wants it to happen. But the Lord sat me down. I mean, almost, almost right away, um, coming from a, uh, starting out my Christian faith in, in a fundamentalist background, uh, they always said, you know, everything needs to be verified by book, chapter, text, and verse in the Bible. And I took my, I took their word for it. And it's from that that I found out that gifts has never ended. They're still here for today. And I, I got that one almost immediately. The other thing I got was, wait a minute, we're not appointed to the fullness of the wrath of God. And I see that, you know, down the road, but I, I don't see this other part. This is not even, you know, there's a lot in the left behind series idea that isn't even scriptural. It's not even biblical. So it didn't make sense to me. Then I always adopted what was known back then as a pre wrath rapture. Um, which is somewhere in the middle or something like, you know, something either it leans either post toasty or uh, in the in the middle somewhere. Well, it's all according and, to when the wrath starts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, I guess, never yeah, okay. believed in the pre-tribulation rapture almost from the start, although there was nothing alternative given, you know, in the church back in the early 70s. And it's just always, you know, pre-trib was the only thing that was there. But I saw through it. Then the Lord had to sit me down about, I think it was around 2016, and said, no, Jim, actually there is a pre-tribulation rapture, but it's not like anything you've ever been taught and like anything anyone is even expecting. And he told me how it was going to be very small. It's a rule of duplicity. There's a, a type and shadow between Enoch, which was taken. He was not, uh, but he walked with God. And then Noah and his family it had to go through everything, uh, but he was accounted righteous. Because he walked with God. But we see it standing out as something must be special with Enoch, and he's just taken. What the Lord showed me was, okay, he signifies there's some that are ordained to be taken, but there's some that are ordained to go through. One is not going to be left behind because they didn't get it right when it was times were easy, and so now they're going to end up being the uh, greatest warriors of all time engaged in the final battle during the tribulation. They're going to be tribulation saints to be a punishment. I just, mm -hmm. show me show me any scripture that verifies and, and supports that idea. That's not even anywhere near scriptural. There's two that have a uh, predestined path to take, some to be taken, some to be um, that have to go through. Now, um, the thing is, when you go to heaven, you're outside of time. Everything's already done. So you're in a you know, living outside of time is something that our minds just really can't fully wrap ourselves around the idea. So whether I'm going uh, to go at the end of the tribulation and be a tribulation saint and I die, or whether I am taken in a pre-tribulation rapture, we all go to the marriage supper of the Lamb at the same time. Because mm -hmm. we're outside of time. That's I mean, right. 
know, yeah. you can't explain it, but that's the way we're going to perceive it. Just like a war in heaven, and he, Michael and his angels fought the devil and his angels, and the devil prevailed not, was cast in the ground, literally on dry land amongst men, is what it says in the in the Greek there in uh, Revelation 12. Um, that war hasn't happened yet in our linear experience, and yet we're seeing it as something that's already passed, because in heaven, outside of time, it is. But yet it's a future event. When the future creates the past, the 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 present has to be revealed, the unveiling, lifting up the veil. So we've created what's been created as a paradox, a space-time paradox. And now let's add a double dose. My God, it's not even space-time. It's space-time and dimension. We're dealing with an enemy that is rousing up right now, trying to create the nation that was supposed to stand in the vanguard for the for the. Um, uh, for the church, the United States of America has been torn down, beaten up, reduced to Babylon, which is about to be judged. We are Babylon. But before that judgment, one last hurrah, one last time where we get to reach out to the entire world to represent, as Trump would say, make, make America great again. He's going to have an opportunity to do that. We're going to get a reset. It just isn't going to be this year, it looks like. No indication of it. I think the reset was contingent on the actions of CERN. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Right now, it's just, you know, it's we're, we're just trying to adjust to the situations according to God's plan. We know that Trump is going to have two terms. We know he's going to win by a landslide. We know that he is part of the plan of providence of God. He would come as an unbeliever. He would get saved, and then something would happen, and he would get filled with the Holy Spirit and directly led by God. But he's still right. a baby Christian. You know, he's still got rough edges, and he's still, he's a smart aleck. He's used to being a smart <laughs> He's a, a New smart Yorker. He can't right. help it. Well, yeah, yeah, you can relate to that, can't you? <laughs> 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 and um, and a, a Yiddish one at that. Yeah, that's yeah. even, yes, even worse. Um, and an Italian, yeah. Wow. You got <laughs> You got everything going with it. Oh, yeah, and the Danish, too. I've got the Vikings. I've got the oh, yeah, Romans. Right. I've got the Maccabees. i got every element holy, of holy warfare cool. you could think so, and, and what yeah. a tumultuous insights I have. But uh, <laughs> anyway, this the Project World Evacuation, this book, um, if you look at it, there's something that the authors did that um, is quite clever, but you have to have a keen eye to look at it. And actually, I, I looked at it several times before the Lord finally showed it to me. But it's got a UFO and it's got like one, two, three, four, five, about ten people being beamed up into it, and there's two other UFOs out in out in space above the Earth. But if you look at the geography of the Earth, it is actually the geography of that you would see if you were like, let's just say that the uh, the landmass of the Earth was in, uh, uh, you had a map on top of the water and you were in a pool and you were underwater and you were looking up at the map. Okay. Oh, you showed me that. Yeah. And, you remember, remember that? Yeah. So actually, well, actually, what they're doing is, is they're beaming the, yeah. they're beaming these people into hell. <laughs> they're not beaming them into heaven. Yeah, that's a trick on you. Well, it kind of fits in with the feast of the beast, don't it? Yeah. I mean, we get so when we get to go to the marriage supper of the lamb, they go to the feast of the beast. The only problem is they're on the menu. Hey, Brian, have you ever heard about the New Age rapture thing or anything or, the, uh, you know, how they're planning on taking people out of here and stuff or what? Um, I've heard years ago that the New Age had their, quote, rapture plan that was going to 
be their explanation why everybody was going to disappear. Mm-hmm. So I heard it like 25, 30 years ago. Um, who puts her name? Um, uh, who's the one that wrote the book, uh, the New Age book? Shirley MacLaine, is that right? Yeah, out on a limb. Yeah, she she was really big into that and talked about that. And that the earth had to be cleansed from all the evil Christians. Well, she didn't say Christians, but I can't remember the wording they used. But um, we had to go for their right. for their um, Our utopia. Our levels are right. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. you know what it was. It was harmonic convergence. We were giving up negative vibrations, so it was going to cause totonic uh, negative waves on Earth and cause earthquakes and all kinds of catastrophic things. So we had to be removed because of our negative vibrations. Uh, yeah. As opposed to, yeah, I remember all of that. Yeah. Just curious, how long ago was that that you heard that, Brian? Probably 20, 25 years ago. Okay, so it's, it's been around for a yeah, while. So, yeah. yeah, it's been yeah. like 30 years, I think, because this is back, I remember um, seeing, mm-hmm. they made a movie in the 80, late 80s, so it's more like 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I mean, now that I'm in my 60s, uh, a year seems like a day. <laughs> oh, isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was five years ago. So, no, that was a week ago. No, that was five years ago. What? <laughs> uh, I I did that on, you know, when I was in the Army, and I'm, I'm going, yeah, it was about 30 years. Oh, my yeah. God. That was half a century ago. That was 50 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I think when God allows people to go senile, I think he's doing them a gracious thing sometimes. <laughs> isn't that the truth? <laughs> Because then it doesn't matter. I'm going to remember anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Brian, I got to ask you a question. I'm going to have to ask this off the cuff. Is Willie uh, Nelson alive or dead? Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> this is the whole Mandela effect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just got to ask you. I remember specifically remembering on the news that uh, that Mandela died, I think it was 1999. I remember hearing it on the news. Right. And then I hear he's alive. And I go, what? Mm-hmm. So um, I've heard he's still alive. Uh, Willie, uh, Willie Nelson. Yeah, Willie so, Nelson. Brian, Brian yeah. who's on a dime? Uh, pardon me? Who's on a dime? The United States who's dime. On, who's on the United States dime? Whose picture's on You're the dime? I don't know. Uh, don't ask me. I don't have a dime in front of me. Who? <laughs> <laughs> well, my grandfather collected coins. So, I mean, he would always show us uh, coins growing up and everything and different things he had. Uh, I remember Eisenhower. I do not remember anybody but Eisenhower being on a dime. That's right. That's and, right. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, somebody told me, Jim, you better go get a dime and take a look at it. So I went in a dime and I'm looking at FDR's on a dime? What? No. No, that's not. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay. Ellen uh, Rosa is on a dime. I don't remember that. I distinctly remember it was only it was always Eisenhower on a dime. Little bald guy. I remember because we got that in common. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that Mandela effect. It's. I know there's certain things like Oscar Mayer and those type of things. I remember it being spelled one way. Now it's spelled another. And I'm thinking, oh, it's just me. I forgot what it was spelled like. And I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, it was always spelled like this because I mm-hmm. ate those things like like crazy when I was a kid. Right. So um, it, it's like everything is converging at the same time. 
We got the Mandela effect. It's no accident. We got these riots. We got the protesters. We got all this stuff. It's hard to keep track. I mean, 25 years ago, if you had one or two things happen in six months that were prophetic, it was a lot. Exactly. Now, Now, everything. A day. So... You know, a lie lie is only believable if you have an element of truth. And where the Mandela effect progresses to is to say, oh, look, the Bible's been changed. And then they show you all the examples. Now, I I was originally researching the Mandela effect, and then I found how it was related to a couple other things. All the people that believed in the Mandela effect when it first came, was presented, were people that were flat earthers. And from flat earthers, they were for. Uh, they started by finding out or believing that the Earth was, uh, our solar system was geocentric and not heliocentric. You know, in other words, Earth was the center of the universe, which meant that okay, if that's true, then then all of our technology on space and everything has got to be, uh, or science is not true. Oh my gosh, because the Earth is really flat, it's not round. So that means all of our technology isn't true because there isn't even an outer space. We're under a dome. And uh, there is no outer space. So that means all of our te- that NASA is just nothing but a lie and, and, and none of our science or technology is even real. And then the Mandela effect. Oh, that somebody's manipulating time to the point where it's being altered and changed. So now some people remember things one way and some people remember it a different way. So um, where it leads to is. Now the Bible's been changed. Well, I can tell you and show you that the Bible has never been changed. God guarantees it in Ecclesiastes 3.14, just above the one that I always quote. It says, everything it is has already been. Everything that will be has already been. God requires an account of that which is past. The implication is that everything's already passed, and God requires an account of it. Now above that, he says, for I establish and set up what is and what isn't, and know that no man may change that so nobody's going to change what god has set in order his word is there it's not going to ever change so that people will know how stable and firm the word is that's a guarantee from god that can't be manipulated so for every claim that oh my gosh he said take stuff and stuff wasn't no actually stuff was around and there's there's an answer a perfect answer for every claim that tries to state that the word of God has been altered. It has not been altered. It's on one of my tapes. It's called Why a Flat Earth? But And even though I address the flat earth thing, I'm more addressing the Mandela effect than anything else. But there is things that have been changed. But there are things that are tiny things, things that don't change the cosmos, things that don't have some butterfly. You know, that one movie, uh, Sound of Thunder, where the guy steps off the hunting path. They were hunting dinosaurs. And he squishes a uh, moth, and then all of a sudden he comes back to uh, a parallel time because it was altered, and now people are half insect and half, you know, like bird-like insect-like people or whatever. It's a, just a goopy world. Well, of course that's that is pure science fiction. It has no fact in it, but but just the idea that that you could alter things and and make an alternate parallel universe. Um, yeah, but it has its restrictions and limitations. And when you try to touch God's word, uh, you ain't going to do it. But some things can. I remember sitting down with my kids reading a book by a Jewish um, author who was trying to present the Ten Commandments in day-to-day application 
to teach kids morals and everything. And they did it with a little family of bears. And his name was Berenstein. So it was the Berenstein Bears. And so I used to sit down with my kids and read them the Berenstein Bears. We liked it because it was such a moral, healthy, you know, kind of thing. And then they made the cartoons, the Berenstein Bears. And my kids just loved it. Try to find a book called the Berenstein Bears anywhere on this planet. You know what it is? Berenstein. It's Berenstein. What the heck is a Berenstein? That's not even, you know, I mean, I know the history of why it was Berenstein Bears, because it was the name of the Jewish guy that authored the book, Berenstein. Mm -hmm. Now it's Berenstein. Mm -hmm. It was on a Monopoly board. Do you remember a little Monopoly guy with a monocle in his? Of course. You know, just go find a monocle on any of them anymore. They're not there. There's no monocle. Hmm. I mean, these are Mandela yeah. effects. They're they're real. They're real. They've been changed. But you know whether whether uh, the monocle is there or not. What's that going to change in the world events of history? Nothing. But it sure can prove. See, we remember it. And they don't. Right. Now, Dave, we were talking, and and Brian, I'm I'm interested because now I heard Dave told me that you have the same thing going on with you that happens with me when I. When I pray in tongues over somebody or when I'm praying with them, it's kind of like um, if you're a Trekkie, you know what the, the counselor, Troy, could, could read emotions. She's an empath. Couldn't? Yeah. Yeah, she was an empath. I, I, I'm empathic, and I guess you are too. Hey, Brian, you there? <laughs> Hello? Brian, are you still with us? I'm here. Sorry. Oh, okay. It's okay. okay. I, ha I had you guys muted, so... <laughs> Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I have one of those for my son too. I have a little mute button I push, and I just all I hear is wah 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 wah. So, <laughs> so okay. So, um, so when you pray, you said, yeah, when you pray over people, um, actually, I think Barb shared that with us that when you pray over people, you can actually feel what they're feeling, um, not just hear what they're saying that they feel, but actually feel it yourself. I can feel it and I can see it in them. Yeah. And I can, if depending on the situation and what the Lord is doing, I can see their thoughts mm -hmm. and in their head and I can see electrical activity. I can see things and you can't make it happen. I don't look for it to happen. I don't, there's no way for me to do an on and off switch on it. It just comes when the Lord wants it, you know, mm -hmm. but with, with the, I've been, there's this thing the government did. You guys probably know about it. Um, I don't think they're doing it anymore, but they were using people through uh, what's the word telepathic means to travel right. to other places. To yeah, remote remote viewing. That was a yeah. government program. I've done, yeah, I've done, I've done that. I've, that's happened to me several times. And wow. um, and uh, one time I was in church in Springfield, Oregon. We were worshiping, and during the worship. I had this vision, and I all of a sudden left the building, I, and I can see myself worshiping. I didn't die, but I, I left, and I would left backwards through the ceiling, so I was looking down, and I saw myself, and then I was above the roof, then I was above the city, and I go faster and faster and faster and faster, and I'm going so fast, and the earth just faded away like a speck in a couple of seconds, and... All of a sudden, I, I knew I was a distance away. I mean, I knew I was just like, I go, where am I going? 
and I could feel myself being carried around. And then I, the Lord turned my body around and I looked where I was going and I saw all these beautiful galaxies. Like they looked like uh, stars, but they were really close. It was thousands of galaxies, but they were all so together. It was like one big massive galaxy. And I remember the colors. I remember seeing one that looked like a, uh, a tornado. I saw one that looked like a hurricane. And then he took me past that. And then it was just black. And then all of a sudden, this huge throne appears, uh, like a chair. You would sit on like a king. And he's sitting on it. He's the only thing around. And all the galaxies around him just faded away. Whoa. And he, and he just spoke to me and said, everything's mine. And wow. then was back at the church. And I don't remember the time and the day. I remember Sunday, but I remember seeing the Hubble telescope had just got deployed and just got back with some pictures. And I remember seeing the pictures of these galaxies, and they took a picture of a part of the sky the size of a dime. And the Hubble took a picture of that, and there was thousands of galaxies in that little spot. And I go, that's, and I saw those pictures. I go, that's what I saw. I saw that. Wow. That's what I saw. Mm-hmm. So, but saying all that, it's just, what I, I believe that coming back to Earth now, no pun intended, it's just what's going on is exactly, I don't like, I don't like what's going on, like with our country. It breaks my heart. But I know all this stuff has to happen. The scripture says it has to happen for the Lord's kingdom to come and to be set up and everything to be right. But it hurts to see it. But at the same time, um, it says in the scripture that Satan is the prince and the power of the air. And I used to think, okay, the atmosphere, you know, maybe space a little bit. Okay. But... More and more, I'm coming to realize it's not just atmosphere we breathe. It's all the radio waves. It's the microwaves. It's the high yep. frequency, the low frequency. Yep. That's all, all demonically controlled. Man puts it out there, but Satan directs it where he wants it. Right. And the Mandela effect, I was thinking about this just a couple of days ago. Why is this happening? Well, um, in the last 20, 30 years, CERN came around. That's one. Our cell phones weren't here 30 years ago. Right. Their frequency is now fifth generation, if I'm correct, right? Five yep. generations now. 5G. Yep. 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 And you know all about the megahertz and what it can do to you. There's that. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, what's the other one that they say they took it apart, but it controls the weather and causes earthquakes? Oh, um, uh, harp, 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 harp. Yeah. yeah harp. That, that, they said it's shut down. It's not shut down. They would no, shut that down. They're, uh-huh. So. We used to so have just I, the heart facility in Alaska. Now there's about nine or ten of them all over the world. Right. And so we've shared the technology with everyone else. Right. And so, like during the tribulation, I, I've studied the book of Revelation quite a bit. And one, there's a good, there's several things you obviously can get out of it. But one is um, the unbelievers in the tribulation are mind control. I mean, they take the mark of the beast. They, they do all this stuff knowing that this person, especially later on in the tribulation, and, um, and, I, and I always realize, okay, well, you know, God's allowing that, obviously. But at the same time, uh, with the riots that's going on and some of the irrational things that's happening, 
Like, for instance, Vegas, the Vegas shooting, they right. sure shut that down quick. Um, guy gets up in the building and kills a bunch of people from, uh, was it, 30th floor? Yeah, and, there more than, there's more than one guy, think, but yeah. Oh, obviously, there was, there was, there was, I've heard there was a helicopter in the air strafing them. That's what yeah. I've heard. Yep. And, and so what I'm saying is, all of a sudden that guy's dead. And there's people that show up, normal people, all of a sudden they go out and kill a bunch of people in a bar. Um, I believe a lot of that, not all of it, a lot of that, I believe, is mind control by the deep state, by the one world government. They're using technology on people, experimenting to do these horrendous things to change laws to control us. Mm-hmm. And I believe the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan, is behind all this because he knows the time is short and the king, you know, the tribulations ready to start. Right. And so that's that's what this all is. It's and you and but God has raised people up like Trump. He's in. That's why they hate him, because he's in the way. You know, if Hillary was in there, we'd be well in. If Hillary was in there, we'd be well into this already. But because they're they do exactly what they want, they can do a little bit. And so I that's that's my take on this is. The Mandela effect, I, I mean, I don't know for sure. God knows exactly, you know, but I think a lot of it is technology messing with our heads. And that's why I even read today in Ephesians that you pointed out to me earlier, Dave, be sober and minded, mm-hmm. uh, knowing what the will of God is for your life, for the days are evil. I just read it. And I can't remember chapter four, I think. And so sober minded, I always took it as, you know, be full of the word and, and be praying and don't let evil things come into your mind. I think it goes deeper than that. I think yep. it's, it also says to be aware. And so it's sober-minded and be aware. So what's the word aware? It means knowing, knowing what's going on. And so I think even Christians can be caught up into this technology, um, unaware, unknowing, especially if they're weak believers. They don't know the word or they're, they're just ignorant in the word. and they, they just think, you know, okay, I'm going to heaven. That's good enough. So they don't, they never get grounded. And this technology of cell phone radiation, it's more than radiation. It messes with your head and who knows what they're doing with it behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I, uh, as you guys know, I've read things and studied things where they can actually put thoughts in your brain. Yeah. And through this technology. So I think a lot of these, oh, go ahead. Project Project Bluebeam. Yeah. Uh, It it transmits, it transmits right directly to your brain. Um, we've used it where I've had um, uh, sailors tell me that um, when they were uh, along the Persian Gulf, they would actually use blue beam and they would be way out of range from firing any range or anything. And they would say, this is the USS uh, you know, Eldridge or whatever off the such and such location. Don't be afraid. We're talking directly with the t- technology in your mind. Um, you cannot go any proceed any further. If you do, we will fire upon you. So you alter your course to such and such. And they encounter this stuff all the time. We're using that kind of technology already. When you saw the first Iraqi war, where the tank, army tanks came up to the bunkers, to the Iranian soldiers in the bunkers, and we started blasting rock and roll and to use it as a cycle. The rock and roll blasting sound was only a carrier wave for Project Bluebeam. It was genetically launching off fear in the DNA in their brains. It was altering and creating fear. That's why they came out in droves begging for forgiveness and, and surrendering 
because we were using that kind of um, technology. Uh, so it's been, we've had it for a while and it's been around. So that was back in the um, early 90s. So you can imagine how it's progressed now, you know, 30 years later. Um, yeah. There's a lot of technologies, most of it gleaned from uh, Nikola Tesla, who was way ahead of the program on a lot of things. And, yeah. uh, and then, of course, Tesla is, con- you know, connected his technology and everything connected to Dr. John Trump. And if you study Dr. John Trump, then you realize that that he was kind of like the guardian guardian for all things that were ever given or made by Nikola Tesla, the government and ended up giving it to him. So long story short, this goes right into the White House today. And so the potential for what is available is unbelievable. Just like we had the program the one time about a secret space program that's already been there. I read in my Bible in Obadiah, it warns Babylon, though you make a nest amongst the stars, God's hand is going to reach out and, and take them down. back down. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. a nest amongst the stars in the Hebrew, it means they were colonizing outer space, a real outer space. Sorry, flat earthers. There is a real space. It's not a nerd dome. Um, and it's going to be colonized. Well, we're in the end of the end times. What does that say then? They're already there somewhere other than just Earth. And there is a secret space program. There's a science about plasma energy that we've just recently understood that Nikola Tesla understood years ago. Supposedly, if you put yourself in between two Tesla coil towers, you see past, present, and future all at one time. They call it the uh, government started working on. No, no, I made a mistake. Like they try to make everybody make a mistake. It wasn't the government. A privately owned corporation started producing a project called uh, Project Looking Glass. Mm-hmm. And it was taken from Alice in Wonderland's Looking Glass. Now, just the other day, I saw a video. And this was, uh, who's the guy that was the whistleblower from Area 31? I uh, can't remember his name. Uh, Lassar. Yeah, okay. Lassar was talking about on the ship, they back engineered this part that had to do with just a time dilation in, men, in fractions of a second. And it was called um, Operation Looking Glass. Had nothing to do with time travel. It was just, you know, a, 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 like a chronometer that was, you know, registering. Uh, and making an account for time in milliseconds, but it had nothing to do with time travel. That was a government smoke stream calling in the same thing, the Operation Looking Glass, that see there was no Operation Looking Glass time travel thing. This was just, you know, you must have been confused. This was back engineering and, you know, Area 51 had nothing to do with really time travel. No, I'm sorry. There was a private-owned company that had researched this Tesla technology and they could see, like a, through a mirror, they could see a, a mirror image of uh, a time sequence in time. Um, later, they found out that they could step through the mirror, just like Alice did, and actually be there. Now, what that does is it eliminates a huge amount of mathematical formulas you got to take into consideration. The Earth, this axis, where it is, it's this time and that time that you want to be in. To make sure you don't send somebody, you're going to send them an exact location, but you might send them in 500 feet above ground or under the ocean or in solid rock. So this mirror glass kind of technology eliminates all that. You right. see it, now you can go to it. It's just very simple. Now, um, that could be how some of the Mandela effect is taking place, but it also could be how CERN is actually what I 
began to realize, and I think Dave and Eric and I've been bombarded with these last couple of weeks, is if a multiverse exists, it could be something like uh, Man in a High Castle, uh, where they're actually selecting and choosing what dimensions to go visit, or in their case, to go conquer. But it could be that CERN is actually viewing a multiverse and then picking out, oh, look, in this in this multiverse, the gays took over everything by having equal rights, and then they took over the, you know what, we like that part of that. Let's bring some of that over to our reality. Oh, here's another one where the Democrats, Democrats actually became communists, and communists took over the whole. Let's bring an element of that over to ours, too. We like that. Oh, look at this one. Total state of anarchy, man. Just go in and whack out anybody because you're just disgruntled, so just go ahead and whack out anybody. Yeah, we like that kind of uh, apocalyptic uh, weird thing, too. So let's bring a little bit of that over. Every time CERN is fired up overnight, all of a sudden, gay rights is a normal, acceptable thing. And how dare you ever say anything against it? And, and people are going to jail for not making a cake and all kinds of crazy stuff. And this happened almost overnight. And it was in conjunction with CERN firing up on September 23rd, um, which is what they usually always do whenever there's an access shift. Um, the other time, look what happened afterwards. Uh, just a natural behavioral thing. You get ticked off, go into a church, whack everybody else, go into a, um, wherever you want, just whack. That's just the way things, that's the way we roll now. And, you know, that, well, that's just insane. Never, you know, having, having dealt with, um, a lot of <laughs> schizophrenic people, because I, I deal with a lot of them at my profession. Um, I have to wonder, um, and I want to do a study, and I will, as to the increase of schizophrenia over the last 50 or 60 years. Because I can remember my mother cooking with, when she would cook, she cooked with either, with uh, either, um, oh, the iron. Uh, I can't remember it right now. Um, you know, the heavy iron pots. Oh, the cast, the cast iron. Cast skills, iron. Yeah. Or she yeah, would yeah. cook with uh, Revere Ware, which was um, <clears throat> uh, stainless steel with a copper bottom. Uh, yeah. Never any aluminum, okay? Then they introduced aluminum, and then they introduced aluminum cans, and then they're spraying aluminum in, in the chemtrails, and that's a whole other story. <laughs> God, and then yeah. they're, and then you know, so we're, and then we're getting mercury from amalgam in our mouths, and we're getting mercury from this. And what better way for them to be able to communicate and to be able to talk to a person's head by, by putting heavy metals into the person's body? And they, it's a proven fact that people that have Alzheimer's have too much aluminum in their heads and their yep. brains. Yep. Okay. So I'm wondering, since the introduction of aluminum in so many things, because uh, it used to be a rare metal. I mean, they used to use it only on uh, military planes back in the uh, late 40s and early 50s. Now it's in everything. Um, and and, and um, it interacts strangely with, uh, if you ever want to get a, a rise and, and see what uh, the two metals do together. Go to YouTube and type in uh, mercury interaction with aluminum. Um, it makes a really weird looking sculpture when it finally gets done interacting with itself. But um, anyway, so, you know, they set up an antenna in your brain, you know, and then they can, they can send voices or anything else they want to hear. Now I have to wonder if the increase in schizophrenia over over the uh, last you know 40 or 50 years has to do with that you know and then they have harp and they have blue beam now 
You know, and um, we had to conduct an experiment when I was in nursing school. They wanted us to see what it was like to be schizophrenic. And uh, so what they did is they sat us down and somebody was going to talk to us right, right in eyesight, right in front of us. And we had two people standing, one on each side with a cone. And they would one would whisper like religious stuff into our ears, uh, the left ear, let's say. And the other one would, would whisper or not even whisper, but yell. Um, you know, I hate you, you hate everybody and everything else. And I'll tell you, you try to hear the person in front of you that's talking to you with those two voices screaming in your ears. And you can see why some people are, you know, the way they are. And, um, but you know, what, what are, you know, grant that there, there probably are organic schizophrenics, you know, but how much of it has to do with, with project Bluebeam? Um, you know, you take a whole generation, you know, people that are younger than we are, the three of us, and, you know, they've grown up on aluminum. They've grown up on, uh, well, well, amalgam to some degree. They don't use it anymore because, they, you know, it's dangerous. And they've been getting these, uh, they get these flu shots with the uh, the Marisol in it, which is a derivative of mercury. And, and they get all these different uh, things injected into their bodies. Uh, you know, I think... Uh, the three of us, uh, I think um, we probably had about six or seven uh, vaccinations by the time we were 15 or 16. Uh, you know, polio, uh, I think there was right. diphtheria and a, and a few others. Now, by the time they're 15 or 16, they're getting up, upwards of 90 injections, you know. <laughs> and, and I'm like, my goodness, you know, yeah, they're, they're getting filled up with all this garbage. And not to mention the fetal cells that are in there and everything else. And uh, I, I encourage you to actually to look up the work of Robert F. Kennedy, uh, who is very um, he, he says he's not an anti-vax, but he's anti um, the effects of vaccinations. And um, he's got a lot of proof and stuff that he can, you know, people should read. But anyway, so you're getting all these different metals introduced into your bodies through various different means. Uh, and you know, like I said, the aluminum from the sky, the barium from the sky. Barium is a very heavy metal, um, and then it all goes to your brain. And yeah, perfect antenna. You know, if it settles into different areas of your brain, I mean, my goodness, I, you couldn't ask for a better antenna. And uh, and if they use like ultra ultra low frequencies, which which are known to uh, agitate people. Um, because those frequencies kind of uh, they kind of roll along the ground. They don't go up into the stratosphere like uh, the higher frequencies do. So you know you could wear all the foil hats you want to. Um, you could make clothes out of foil if you want to. But if these waves are coming along the ground, they're going to get into you anyway. So you know how how much of this these voices that these schizophrenics hear, and like you were talking about, Jim the. The, the soldiers uh, from the other side that were told that, you know, just turn around and go away because we're going to get you if you come this way, you know, and, and they're admitting that they can do that. So how much mental illness is really built on this? You know, if everything was shut off tomorrow, I wonder how many schizophrenics would, would quit being schizophrenics. Uh, how many bipolar people would, would kind of even out and not be as high and low as they are, you know, yep. stuff like that. I, I would be glad to be out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> we have, you know, when you when you understand Agenda 21 and the Georgia Guidestones, now you were there at the Georgia Guidestones. I have yet to actually go there and see them. But, um, you know, there's an agenda by the New World Order elite to have a manageable population of uh, 500 million, which means six and a half billion of us have to die. 
So we've got Monsanto poisoning our food. We've got uh, chemtrails poisoning our air. We've got uh, um, in, in almost every aspect, we've, our medical uh, industry now is, is poisonous with pills, just taking care of symptoms and not curing us, making us lifetime members of uh, addictions to um, having the symptoms uh, and always being a, uh, a customer buying more drugs and drugs to counteract some of the negative effects of the drugs, which are all going to kill us anyway. So it's just, it's, it's outrageous of where our whole social order on this whole planet is going. Now, when we, I remember the last time we ever did have Jonathan Gray on our program, he was saying about how almost all of the pyramids are post flood, but from below they're pre flood. So they just rebuilt after the flood, what was always what had been there before the flood. So we got all these pyramids, but what we're finding out below the pyramids, there's pools or rivers of mercury, which being highly conductive electrical, this was probably all the pyramids being on intersecting with uh, the electromagnetic ley lines was probably a global Wi-Fi Mm -hmm. form of power. Right. Um, that we're just beginning to see. And we're seeing, uh, of course, we're not being told all the negative effects of that power. Just it was like 5G. What 5G is doing with the coronavirus and creating the same kind of virus that has to be killed the same way. So that was probably where the Bible says that the whole world had become polluted, not polluted from industrial you know, uh, waste, but polluted in the same manner that we're now polluting the earth. With, with stuff that is causing a viral uh, situation, too. So nothing new under the sun. It's all been done before, just as in the days of Noah, socially coming in the son of man. All this Frankenstein crap happened back then. My God, even the sacrifices of babies up on, like, Mount Her- Hermon, this is the same thing that has been done by the elite all the way back probably to the Garden of Eden uh, ever since the fall. The same kind of consuming, you know, when it says that they caused their children to pass through the fire, when I looked it up in the Hebrew, my God, it was meaning they were drinking, they, they were eating their flesh and drinking their blood. Hmm, sound familiar? Yeah. You know, Satan again, mocking everything, uh, doing the same and opposite. Oh, well, you you told your followers to eat and drink. Well, you know what? We're going to do, we're going to demand the same thing in the same and opposite way. You know, there's, there's a scripture in Job, it says, uh, and it's rhetorically speaking to Job, but it's actually saying something more. Uh, you know, Jesus warned, he said, when they tell you to go to the secret place or when they tell you to go to the de- out in the desert and wait, lo, he is in the desert or lo, he's in the secret place, don't go. Why? Because someday, sometime people would be told to do that and exactly where the new ages are being told to do that. So there's another place where it's saying um, it's it's talking in reference to the Antichrist. He dies and he's coming back and he says he plows up the depth of hell. And and uh, and it's like he's he's flattering the people. And he says, do you put your trust and confidence in him because he says he'll lift you up and take you away? This is literally in the Hebrew is what is being promised by him. Same but opposite. He's going to die, resurrect. And now he's going to be the firstborn of his uh, people. And he's going to bring them up. He's going to literally plow the depths of heaven or hell. Plowing the depth of hell, that means you're, you know, like growing, you know, bringing something back up. Um, so we know now from cloning, the idea is that 
your body might be genetically attached to, or your mind, your soul might be genetically attached to your body. So if you cloned your body, then heaven or hell, you could come back into it and you'd be alive again. Uh, these are some of the wild things that have been said. You know, they, they showed a picture of Obama and they showed a picture of this one pharaoh. And, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, oh, you just go, yeah, wow, yeah. strong genes in this one. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Or you're part of the plowed up depth, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he's so out of touch with a lot of things. 57 states. No, that's the Muslim 57 states. We only got 50. Right. Remember that? Right. Somebody else did that recently. Oh, it was Biden. Biden said that. I'm going, dude, that's what your president said. You're following in his footsteps, right? 57? Are you kidding? Of course, he says a lot of strange things. Now, you want to talk about a trans-dimensional traveler. That's it. Oh, what about you? are the one that gave us the post last week. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, I got to share this with you and and, uh, and Uh the audience that didn't hear it. Um, I, I was just putzing around one day, and I've been looking at the gematria, looking how um, a person's name, uh, the, the number of their letters and their name and stuff matches other words. And I don't know what caused me to do. Well, I do know. It was the Lord. Um, but I, I looked at, um, I, I put in Biden and CERN. And an article comes up, and it says that Biden had gone to CERN, had flown to CERN, because uh, he had, um, had a memory that he had done jail time with Nelson Mandela in South Africa. And nobody else Ooh. remembered that. So he flew to CERN to find out what was going on. Um, well, he was kind of saying, hey, are you screwing with my mind, man? Did you, you, did yeah. you do so? He knew well, that he knew what CERN was doing. They're what? Bringing in other dimensions. So he's went, hey, have you messed up my mind? Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. And it's you, know, you thought it was a joke, though, right? I, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was something like from the Onion or the Babylon Bee, you know? Right, right. Because yeah, they do a lot of people funny post stuff. a lot of stuff like that online, and then you know it looks so real. And as a matter of fact, I've had to retract a couple of things from Facebook because of that. But anyway, so I looked, and you know, when I from the original when I typed it into, I think it was uh, DuckDuckGo. Um, there were other links underneath it, and one of them was from the uh, the Times of London. Another one was from another paper in England. Another one was from a paper in Germany, I think, an English edition, that actually corroborated the story that that, that Biden had actually <laughs> visited CERN to talk about this. So I'm like, oh my goodness, you know this. Wow. You know what are the wow. chances of finding that without the Lord's guidance? <laughs> yeah. Know? Wow. But um, but you combine all uh, you combine everything, Brian. That, that all three of us have been saying, you combine all of that together. These things are going on. Yeah. All of it. And so nobody's right or wrong. All of it is being used against us. Every, you know, the psyops yeah. part, the numbing and dulling of our uh, senses, our short-term memory. You know, I thought it was just me getting older. I find out 20-year-olds are experiencing the same kind of things, short, you know, um, memory and everything. It's And it stands to figure that, Satan is going to throw everything he can at us at the last day. He knows that this is his last hurrah. He's going to throw everything that he has at us. And it's only right then that God is going to equip us mm-hmm. with new right. awarenesses of these weapons of destruction so that they can't harm us. We have the promises from his word. 
but we have to be able to stand on them. But first we got to even know what the darn, you know, that this is, you mean this is technology? It's not just all chemical. It's not just all that. Oh, it's a combination of all of it. Okay. So then I guess we got to relearn how to eat, how to, how to uh, cook, how to even breathe, uh, counteract with vitamins and other natural holistic things that God's provided to overcome these unnatural things. And just know the technology itself so we can, you know, make a tinfoil hat if we need one or wrap it around your smart meter because right. it'll, it'll absorb right. the harmful radiation or whatever. And so, I mean, on all these different levels, we need to be more aware and be open to new concepts and new ideas. If there's technology that's already out there being used against us, maybe it's about time we took a turn and like Trump maybe and, and start using it for the good guys instead of the bad guys. Right. 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 You know, um, I don't know if I ever shared this with Brian on the air or even in person, but uh, uh, several years ago, um, actually it was, it would probably have been in early 2011. Um, my, my, um, my first wife had passed away in December of 2010. And, you know, you go through a normal grieving process and stuff like that. You know, oh, you know, if I, she can only be back, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, yeah. I heard a voice in my head, <laughs> a real voice, the voice of God, not, not blue beam said, said that, <laughs> uh, you'll see her again, but it's not going to be her. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird. But then it, all of a sudden it clicked with all the alien abductions and why they're making bodies for, you know, soulless bodies so that the demons can inhabit them and stuff like that. Well, I, um, I decided to be adventurous and, and tell Jim about this because I figured it, this is crazy. You know, this is, I'm the one guy, I'm the one guy would listen to you, right? <laughs> yeah. And then he told me a story about his parent having a dream about his parents coming back and trying to convince him that, uh, you know, the gospel isn't right. Um, that he's believing a lie and stuff like that. And the new age rapture was the real rapture. Yeah. Right. So anyway, um, you know, so when it comes to, you know, hearing from the Lord, I think that we've all experienced it in different degrees, but uh, in a different ways. And and and, uh, and he's mm-hmm. you know, some of it's visual, some of it's audio. And but um, it's it's just uh, uncanny. Now, now picture, you know, with this coming civil war or the, I think we're in it already, actually, but um, mm-hmm. it just hasn't gotten hot yet. Um, right. Picture, you know, somebody or even even uh with a fake rapture you know um some some one of your relatives coming back from the dead you know it quite you know their rapture happens first ours hasn't happened yet you know if if that's the scenario um and you know they come and knock on the door and all of a sudden you see them and you know this is somebody that you really loved and longed for and and, uh, you know, they, they departed and you've missed them dearly for years. And they come and tell you that, hey, you know, uh, what you believe is wrong. And you see those people that just disappeared? Well, they believed what was right. And, uh, you know, so you better change your way of thinking, you know. And then you start thinking, I started flashing after thinking about that, about um, how the Bible said that there'd be a great falling away uh, before the end. And I'm thinking, my goodness, you know, what better way, you know, I mean, there's going to be probably plenty of deception and plenty of different ways that it'll be accomplished. Mm-hmm. 
But one of them might be, you know, these these dead relatives coming back because they've been cloned, and uh, but and, and they might even have the voice of our relatives because they're a familiar spirits. But um, you know, them telling us that what we believed was wrong, and that we better change our ways. Well, even with this the, the civil war that's coming up, you know, what if um, you know people that you haven't seen for years that you really admired, maybe you fell out of contact with them or something, and uh, Excuse me. And they come and knock on your door or they call you on the phone and you arrange a meeting or something. And and they tell you, you know, well, you know what, you <laughs> you're really fighting for the wrong side because, you know, the, uh, if, the if we establish communism on the earth, it'll only help when Jesus comes back because he's going to have a theocracy. And that's going to be kind of like communism because everybody's going to have to share everything and, and everything else, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, so. You know, just all the scenarios that that can go through through our minds, um, and I think that a lot of them are, are given to us from the Lord, if not all of them, of different things yeah. that, that can happen. And you know, we we explore many times the the string theory of, of physics and multi dimensions, and um, and that could just be one of the. I'd like to look at the string theory basically as. Um, Jesus saying that there was a narrow road and that a few, few are the way, ones that get on it and lead to righteousness, but wide is the way that leads to destruction. Well, wide is the way could also be different branches off of off of the straight and narrow path um, because that would be kind of wide. But anyway, um, where was I going with this? So mm-hmm. um, anyway, there, there's going to be a, a variety of different um, deceptions that are going to come our way to distract right. us and try to, to get us to think. And, and, and you got to admit, you know, that um, if you've talked with anybody on Facebook or, or de- I don't want to say debated, but try to discuss anything with anybody that's under 40 years old on Facebook. Um, and I'm not trying to knock you if you're listening and you're under 40, because if you're listening, you probably have common sense and that's why you're listening. But, um, uh, you know, you try to talk to them. It's like banging your head against the wall. And, um, but you know what? I just totally forgot where I was going with this. But, um, anyway, the, that's another element of this war. You know, we're, we're dealing with, uh, with generational changes. Um, our generation, um, was taught <laughs> the, the correct history of the United States. Um, we were taught, uh, what good is, what bad is. And, you know, some of the information was bogus, but most of it was, you know, I'd say 99.9% of it was accurate. Um, but then you got this, this recent generations that, that are told that bad is good, good is bad, up is down, down is up, and, and everything else. And um, so it's not just going to be a, a, a physical war. It's going to be a psychological war. It's going to be a supernatural and a, and a paranormal and a spiritual war. And I think that's why Ephesians 6 is, is going to be so important for us yeah. um, in these last days because it tells us specifically who the players are, the real players, not the puppets. And it tells mm-hmm. us how to, how to uh, don our, our, um, our defensive equipment because I believe it's defensive first and offensive second. Um, and and exactly what to do, and, and and it all sums it up with uh, with being in constant prayer, and that's really what's going to conquer all of this stuff is constant prayer. Uh, all all three of us have have been in situations where 
Uh, here, here's an example for you. Um, a lot of times at my job, we get called on codes. They're called code greens, and that means that somebody in some location is is not doing so well, and they're threatening other people, and they need as many people. It's usually a show of force most of the time. Um, very few takedowns, thank God. But, um, you know, and so a lot of these people, the, the young guys, they like to rush down there and rush in, you know. I learned a long time ago about praying and about interceding. So I just sit in the background and, and I kid you not, uh, I, I, I'm not going to name names because I can't and I wouldn't anyway, but there's this one really big strapping guy and, um, and he was going off and, you know, he, he was spitting mad. And <laughs> I think all of us have been spitting mad from one time or another. And, and you know, what comes after spitting mad, you know, it's, it's going off, you know, it's, it's, it's physical after that. And so I just sit in the background. I'm like, I'm like, Lord, I know this is a spiritual thing. And I know that this guy is going through a lot of stuff and that, that there's, there's an entity that's causing him to do this. So I pray that you just come right now, Father, in, in Jesus name and that you settle on this person with your Holy Spirit and that you bring him down. You start dialing him down. And so it, it's amazing to watch because within about two minutes this guy that was spitting mad is just mad he's still yelling and then after about another two minutes he's just talking loud and after another two minutes and you know the time frame could vary um you know he's he's starting to think about what he's doing and and it just goes on and on and on until a lot of times he'll say you know what i just want to go back to my room and rest or i just want to you know if you guys can just put me into the uh, the quiet room we'll call it you know, where I can just settle down and, and, and get my thoughts together, you know. And I it happened one day, and, and one of my coworkers said, wow, that was really weird how that guy just kind of, you know, he de-escalated so quickly. And I says, well, you know, I'm not bragging. I said, but I was standing in the background praying the whole time, and the Lord did exactly what you saw. He goes, well, we want you to come to all the codes from now on. So, um, you know, I do when I get a chance, you know, and I'm allowed to go over there. But um, it's it's a lot of this is, is spiritual in nature. And you could bring down the most violent person just by standing there and praying quietly, uh, praying in tongues um, that the Lord would just. And I don't know about you, but when I pray in tongues, I'm, I'm kind of able to imagine what's going to happen. I don't know if that happens with either of you guys, but um, I'll pray in tongues and I kind of visualize what the Lord is going to do. And that's and that's what happens. It's it's weird. But um, and, and it's just that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah, you can you can put on the armor, you can put on the helmet of salvation and we're supposed to do that and we're going to do that. But it does no good if, if the Lord's not giving us the battle plan and telling us what to do. You know, and that's where the prayer comes in. You know, a lot of times you'll put on an armor and you won't have to use it. You know, yeah, you might have to use the uh, the the, uh, the shield of righteousness to to take the darts from the enemy from time to time. You might need the breastplate of righteousness. You might need the helmet of salvation, the the sword of the spirit, um, the preparedness of the shoes, and stuff like that. But um, a lot of times, I, I like how he sums it up. He puts the foundation of all that upon prayer, what did it say? Prayer, pray unceasingly or um, praying, praying always. always. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the whole crux of it. Um, Remember when uh, the disciples came back and they said, wow, you know, we cast out a lot of demons, but there's some we weren't able to cast out. 
And Jesus said, well, you know, that only comes, that only type only comes out through prayer and fasting, you know, and the prayer is the first part that he mentions. And, um, I think that we can, we can accomplish so much by just praying, by interceding, even if it's, you know, just whispering the intercession or getting into a quiet place and, uh, and saying something. Yes, I don't think that we should, uh, go out, uh, unprepared. You know, I, I do believe in the right to carry. And I do when, you know, when I think I need to, but, um, anyway, I, what am I trying to say? Um, the prayer is the important thing. Um, I know that, uh, there's, there's been times and I've read stories about, um, people that are being attacked. Uh, Jonathan Gray told us one of those stories. Um, he was at an airport somewhere. I think it was in Africa and, um, he was kind of coerced. Somebody stole his bag and ran out to a field. And when he ran out there, there were like three or four other guys ready to beat him up. Uh, but then they looked around. When they looked around, they saw, I guess, there was two or three uh, very strong-looking angels standing behind him, you know. And so, and and you look at um, Elisha when he was went to that city. I can't remember. Um, uh, Ai. I think he went to Ai. Mm-hmm. And... Um, because he was fleeing from the Syrian army and they found out he was there and uh, the servant was afraid because he saw all the Assyrians out there and he says, well, what are we going to do now? And and, uh, Elisha says, Lord, open up his eyes. And the guy's eyes were open and he saw the hillsides were were filled with flaming, uh, what do they call it, chariots of fire and uh, battle angels out there, for lack of better words. Um, So... You know there are a lot of there are a lot of um, God's agents out there, His angels that are that are fighting for us all the time. We can't see it, but um, I think that when we invoke uh, the Lord in prayer for help or salvation, or uh, I mean being saved from a, a situation like that, um, that they immediately go into into warfare for us. So, yep. um, how many times in Scripture did it say the did God say the battle is mine? Says the Lord. You know, so that's it. Yeah. So no matter what kind of weapon is formed against us, we pray God comes into action. He fulfills our uh, the promises he's given to us. The one, you know, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And this is the promise to them that put their trust in him. Nobody ever says that last part. And that's just as powerful as the first part, because that's mm-hmm. for everybody all the time for any condition, um, technology or whatever. You know, it's it's. It's a promise that we have. Anything that's been formed against us, we're a child of God, especially at the end times when we have this idea. Um, I think it was in Philippians talking about the manifestation of the sons of God. That means a manifestation of the promises that God has given us. He gives us everything at the end. The devil's pouring everything at us. He gives us everything back at the devil. So that means all, all awareness of, of everything, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So fundamentalists, sorry, but the limited edition gospel, why do you want to tie, fight the enemy with one hand tied behind your back when God's willing to give you everything? It didn't die with the apostles. It's still here. Why would Paul even write a whole thing to Corinthians saying these are the different offices and some he gave to be apostles, some to prophets, some to, you know, and these are the signs of them that believe they will speak with new tongues. There's a good reason for that. 
speaking in tongues divides the left from the right, the left side of the brain, the right side of the brain. The two enemies that we have against uh, uh, seeing God work miracles, one is our imagination, the other is our logic. We want to always try to figure it out things ahead of time, or we want to have it try to always make sense. That's the two things we leave up to God. We say a perfect will prayer while we're speaking in tongues according to Romans uh, eighth chapter, we know not how to speak, but the spirit moves in our spirit with utterings that we don't understand, but it's a perfect will of God prayer. You know what? Wait and get the answer, and then all of a sudden you got something very personal that will change that person's life, change the situation immediately. Um, this is a power that's available for us now. That's the only way we're going to be fighting these powers, this technology, all the stuff we've been talking about for almost an hour and a half now. Um, this is the way to get through it. Prayer and praying in tongues is even more powerful. That's using a power tool, um, a fast action, you know, question and answer. Um, well, I tell you, on the job training, this is what we got to start walking in that now, so that when we're faced with these emergency situations, we're going to instantly have answers from our Lord that we need. Uh, for the fast-changing world. I mean, we can't depend on events. We can't depend on the best prophecy teacher in the world to tell us, well, this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, this is going to happen. By the t- usually by the time they get it all figured out, God shows us we ain't got nothing figured out. <laughs> right. Our dependency has got to be on him. You know, relationship, not a religion. Mm-hmm. You and know, boy, aren't we learning it faster and faster now with this pandemic? And, oh, my gosh. You know, they're going to try to make this thing last as long as this is our new what our, our new um, what do they call that? New normal. New normal. Test. It ain't my yeah. normal. Every time I go out, I look at all these scared, no. frightened people. I'm I'm already in a zombie apocalypse. All I got to do is look at everybody who's wearing a mask. Yeah. Of course now now they're even going to get Steve Upshur to wear a mask because he he's <laughs> totally defiant. But you know what? Now if he doesn't wear one, he in in Michigan anyway, you're going to be thrown in jail. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, we're we're told um, in Ephesians six that uh, we don't battle flesh and blood; that we battle basically, for lack of time, or save time, uh, demonic forces and fallen angels. And um, you know, that would be like um, I'm always when I read that I'm always reminded of the uh, the the Revolutionary War when the settlers and uh, the Americans would hide behind the trees and the British would, would march in formation like they were just uh, <laughs> I know. Walk, walking targets, you know. And and that's what trying to battle these entities without uh, spiritual means is. Um, I remember the story about the, what is it, the seven sons of Siva or Skiva in the scripture oh, that yeah. uh, saw Paul and, and what he was, or was it Peter? I can't remember. And saw what was going on and, and tried to he um, exercised a demon out of a woman, and uh, the demon says, "Well, I know Paul, and I know Jesus, but I don't know you." And he beat the Who snot you? out of him. Beat the snot <laughs> out of him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, I, I'm also reminded of a uh, a lady that called me one time, and you know, because uh, she read my book, and she said, "You know, you guys are wrong." And I go, "What are you talking about?" And she said. I used the name of Jesus several times, and they haven't gone away. And I said, well, that's kind of peculiar. Why don't we talk some more, and you let me know all about it, you know. And so I, you know, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. He said, ask her who she thinks Jesus is. 
you know, and she's, I said, well, you know, from your philosophical standpoint, who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is the force behind the universe. He's the, he's, he's the, um, oh, what am I trying to say? Use the Jesus, Luke. Use yeah. the Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He's a force. You know, he's, he's basically the, <laughs> the new age Jesus is what she was saying. And I said, well, ma'am, I says, there's your problem right there. I said, you're using the wrong Jesus. I said, what you're doing is akin, it would be no different than a, a Jewish person walking into Gestapo headquarters during World War II and asking for them for protection from Hitler. You know, <laughs> I said, I said, you know, yeah. you're calling on the wrong Jesus. I said, and she, she got a little mad at me. And I, and so I got to give her the gospel real quick before she hung up on me. Which, you know, now she's responsible because she's got the knowledge. But, um, but anyway, you know, so we got to know who, who we're fighting against. We got to know that these entities are, um, the world would call them paranormal or supernatural. We call them evil spirits. We call them uh, fallen angels, uh, the spirits of the Nephilim and everything else. And, um, you know, and you're not going to be able to throw stones at something that you can't hit because it's not tangible. I mean, I mean, at least they unless they manifest in the spirit, I mean, into the physical, then then they're subject to the to the uh, laws of uh, the physical universe. But um Anyway, you know, so I think it's very important uh, during this during this current and upcoming uh, uh, escalation in this civil war that we're in that we remember that. I think that uh, what does that scripture say? One can withstand a thousand. But but one will take two will take ten thousand. Two will take ten thousand. And I mean, if we could just stand, you know, if there's an insurrection and you're in a city, you could just stand on a rooftop with another brother. You know, and just pray about it, you know, and, and, you know, lift your hands towards heaven and invoke the name of Jesus and ask him for help and, and, uh, and speak in tongues about what's going on. You know, I'm, I'm sure I, you know, I would, I would bet anything on it that, you know, that those people would either move off in another direction and go bother other people, but I, I would hope that they would just disband and go home. Um, but you know that the, the outcome would be that you and your family and loved ones and your neighbors, that your immediate neighbors would not be harmed. And, uh, so I, I think that, uh, now there is going to come a time, um, and I don't know when this is going to happen, when, when, um, the, the beast is going to be given, um, uh, the power to have victory over the saints. And, but I think that's later on. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, uh, and anyway, they're going to have the victory anyway because they're going to be up in heaven going, "How long, Lord, are you going to wait till you take care of these people and put them out of our misery?" You know, um, and God will oblige, and you know there'll be the uh, the great uh, judgments that are going to happen during the tribulation. But um, anyway, uh, it's just uh, we we got to realize, and we've said it so many times on this show that that. Uh, even though they're, that the enemy might seem to be winning some battles, he's really losing the war and will lose the war and ultimately yep. you know, will lose everything and be cast into a lake of fire uh, with the rest mm-hmm. of his fallen angels. And uh, so we gotta, we, we got to quit looking at what do they call that nearsightedness is myoptic or myopic. We got to quit being myopic and, and start looking at the further further down the road. Uh, I remember when they taught us how to drive way back when. The guy said, "Don't look right in front of the car." He says, "You know, look 
look at that light that's a mile down the road. That's where your gaze is supposed to be. Because what's happening right in front of you isn't of consequence, and you'll see it anyway. But what's happening way down there is where you got to watch out, you know, for cars coming out and stuff like that. And that's the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be looking forward toward toward the end. And um, and various scriptures tell us that we're supposed to uh, be looking towards his return, um, looking towards him coming back to vanquish the uh, uh, vanquish his enemies and to pay back those who have um, dealt badly with his people and things like that. So uh, I think if we could just keep an eye on that, I think that our uh, our whole outlook on everything would be a lot better. Um, so I'm going to be quiet now because I've been talking for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, what well, say you guys? Brian. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm here. <laughs> okay. You're up to bat, man. <laughs> Bases are loaded. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who's on first? Who's on first? No, what's on second? I don't know. <laughs> you guys are old enough to remember that? Who's on oh, second? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I still watch it. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> our, some of our listeners know that. It's really good. Um, gosh, a lot, uh, we've talked about so much stuff. I don't know where to begin. So. Um, I just know my heart, the Lord is close to coming. I think it's definitely in our lifetime and not that far in the future. Right. Um, Ephesians, I read it today. Um, you sent me the, what we were going to be talking about and it said, be sober money and what the will of God is, you know, and it's, and it basically said, you're not like the rest of the world, you know, um, don't act like the rest of the world. Right. And so uh, I think about just the stuff that's going on. And I thought about uh, some of the things I, you know, like you guys, I, I'm a research junkie. I'm checking stuff out all the time, what's going on here and there. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I know uh, a, while, a while ago they found electronic devices that were ancient, buried in ancient uh, Middle East right. and uh, old like cell phones actually from thousands of years ago. And, you mentioned the underground rivers of what was it? Um, of mercury uh, underneath the pyramids. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't surprise it doesn't surprise me. And then I, mean, I started thinking while you were talking, both of you, about well, we know the flood happened because of wickedness. It was all around the world, and Noah and his family were the only righteous ones left, basically. Oh, they were. Um, and we know the Nephilim were alive during that time, and Genesis talks about that. But one of the things I think that was prevalent then, that was, this is what makes, there's so many things that point to the Lord's return in Scripture. I mean, we can just, the list is endless. But one of the things that comes to my mind that we're really close is technology. Mm-hmm. Because um, I believe back then, and I don't know for sure, I didn't live back then, even though I'm, I feel like I'm that old, um, <laughs> uh, that... They had a lot of technology back then. Did they have cars? I don't know. I'm not going to say they didn't. Um, I'm pretty sure they had electronics because they know they have uh, people are listening to this. need to look this stuff up. Uh, but they have been archaeological finds of electronic devices that have been found in, uh, in the ancient world. So uh, how, did, how did they get there? I don't know. But the Nephilim, I know, had a big part in it. Um, breeding and having relationships with women at the time 
the Nephilim were born from that, and uh, which were half human, half demonic, as you guys know. But uh, I mean, the word demon means knowing one, knowledgeable one, smart one. So they were, their intelligence was off the chart. Right. Uh, they had a human body. Uh, those human bodies were massive. Some of them, some of them not. But they had the intelligence. It made Einstein look like a first grader. So it wouldn't surprise me the technology back then. And one of the things I think they were doing back then and that we're doing now, and it started about uh, 40 years ago. Remember when they had the very first cloning of an animal? I think it was right. a Dolly, Dolly the sheep. Do, Dolly, Dolly yeah, the sheep. sheep. Sorry, wrong, wrong animal. So sheep. sheep. So, oh, Dolly. so anyway, um, I think with the cloning, with the crossbreeding that's going on, with this whole technology to make man live longer, I think that's where God draws the line. I think he says, you know what? They tried to do it during Noah's time. I stopped it. You're not going to get there. And I think that's where we're at. I don't think it's the atom bomb. I don't think it's our cell phones. I don't think it's our, our rockets or things like that. I think it's when we start thinking and acting like we're God, and then we say there's no God but we're God, I think that's where the line draws with God, right. our, our right. Father. And well, I, I think, think that's – I think we're almost there with that technology. Um, I mean the Lord said it himself in uh, the Tower of Babel. If the listeners know the story of the Tower of Babel, Nimrod built this huge tower to heaven because he wanted to be God. And he was basically the ruler of the known world at the time. And the Lord, as everybody knows, if you don't know the story, the Lord came down to see what they were doing. And he said, what man can do together, there's nothing he cannot do. I must confuse their language. And that's where all the languages of all the nationalities came from that we have today. And so he had to confuse mankind because we were too smart for our own good. And the technology... If God hadn't come down then, thousands of years ago, we probably wouldn't be here now because right. we would have got the atom bomb a thousand years ago. Mm -hmm. We would have had jet aircraft thousands of years ago. We would have had all these things a long, long time ago. And he knows that men, mankind, have a, their, their heart is evil continually. None seek after the God, not one. None is righteous, no, not one. Right. So he knows all this. So for our own good, and because the plan of salvation had to come had to come into being, he couldn't allow man to advance too fast, because right. God's timing is perfect. He's never late, but he's never early, which is kind of irritating. But he's never late. <laughs> God's uh, always on time right. at his time. Uh -huh. And so I think a lot of the stuff that's going on with the riots and all this stuff is all in preparation for God's kingdom to come him to return to make it right and i think one of the things he's definitely never going to allow is us to make technology to make us live longer than we're supposed to right. and to make us and beat us with machines aliens animals however you want to put it and i some of our listeners um may know a lot about this these subjects if you don't look them up look up the stuff that we're talking about to see that we're uh we're not, i'm not crazy i know dave and jim are crazy that there's this stuff out there, and I think that believers that are born-again believers that are listening, we need to get knowledge about these things so we can live on this earth um, with wisdom, 
knowing what the will of God is and to protect our brains, physical brains, from all the stuff that's being thrown at us every day, even through our television sets and even these things that we're using now to communicate. Right. Um, you know, radio waves and frequencies that right. are not always that aren't good for us, even right now. But the Lord's allowing these tools to be used for us to spread the, the word and of the good news that Jesus Jesus did die and he did save people. And we are those saved people. And we're living in really evil times. And Jesus said, they're going to hate you because they hated me first. Right. And, and, and we definitely see that happening at the tearing down now of Christian statues and churches in the last week or so have been attacked and believers. And it's a demonic war fueled by technology, fueled by Satan. And um, but the good news is, is that the Lord is in control of all of these situations. It's not out of control. It's not out of control like Seattle was. They didn't have control of that situation in CHOP. God has control of everything that's going on. And it's all because he's about to come back. That's that's what it's about. It's about yep. it's about him, his kingdom, his plan, and that's what's going to happen. Is what he wants. Mm-hmm. What that's right. I, I I think what Satan, what God is not going to allow Satan to do through man, is to have an eternal body and an eternal environment to dwell in, apart from him. It's his plan. It's his salvation. It's his way. Nobody's going to circumvent that like Satan is trying to do by doing everything the same and opposite. The two lies in the Garden of Eden. You should surely not die and your eyes will be open. You'll be as gods. That is manipulating the body to make it eternal and an environment to dwell in that will be eternal. And guess what? Satan, you're not allowed to have that. Of course, you know, you do get it, though. I mean, uh, you end up bringing your little Pinocchio world into a lake of fire. And guess what? <laughs> That's where you live. And all those that chose to follow you and take your mark. The joke's on them. Uh, they don't get a second death. They get to do the backstroke with you forever in whatever hell. Whatever hell's going to be and whatever a lake of fire is going to be, I, I don't know exactly if some of it is metaphorical or, or whatever, but it can't be good. <laughs> it can't, to, to be hanging out with that guy for all of eternity in some place, any place, not going to be fun. Uh, his rosy pictured color of an alternative to heaven is his little happy home. Not going to be happy, not going to be fun. Um, and you're right. And this is what it's all. It's all headed towards a point of letting sin go so bad, so ugly, so weird that all the creation will stand there shaking her head going, wow. Lord, you really are an awesome, loving, caring, kind God. You were willing to put up with all this just so we could share joint heirs and co-rulers with Christ forever. Wow. Yeah. That's going to be fun. And that's yeah. our promise. That's our hope. Yeah. So bye bye, Pinocchio world. So, you know, so, okay, war's coming. Um, there's some seriousness to it, but basically, the confidence I have in the Lord, I'm grabbing my popcorn and watching the Looney Tunes. Because <laughs> I'm protected. I'm in a win win situation. If I die, I still win. If I, if I don't, I win. I win no matter what. Nobody can take that away from me. And that's what we got to see, man. The battle's already won. All we're doing is playing our role to help lead lead it to win. Uh, you know, you can't, you don't want to you don't want to just sit back and sit on the sidelines and watch it all go by because 
you kind of want someone to hear someday when they're up there, you know, I'm here because you, what you said to me or what you did for me or whatever, that's kind of a fun thing. That's building up your treasures in heaven. So you can't just figure it's on autopilot and you can just watch it, but you participate and actively involve in the victory that's already been won. But we do have an active involvement in it, and that's by doing our part. But it's love. Love always wins out. We're we're engaged in a war. We overcome him, but we don't overcome him by um, shooting up and blowing away. We overcome by loving, by right. loving our lives, need, even unto death, by setting an example of what love is. I, I think, you know, when I look at the plan, it, the, and I'll say three and a half units because it, it could be seven years, but it could be 70 year units. I mean, we don't know. And it, maybe most of it's already done and over with, and I believe it is. But the first half uh, is going to be fun for us. And, you know, it's a time of prosperity. We inherit the, the gains of the wicked. You know, the one prophecy, one time somebody was really upset by that, by the way it was worded. Uh, Kim Clement was saying about um, that Bill Gates would be the gatekeeper, uh, a gatekeeper that's opening up the gates of opportunity now, uh, for the church. I mean, so for what he's opening up, you know, we get it. it, it the, the guy was saying, oh, you mean he's going to turn into a good guy? And he's going to, no, no, he didn't say that. Look at the what it said. Bill Gates is like, he's like Soros. I don't need, I wonder if he's even human. He right. might be one of these that we've been warned about that are not. They look like us. They're clouds without waters, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Uh, wandering stars whom's reserved everlasting darkness. That is not a definition for a human being. These are those things that are in our midst, steering us toward a one-world government, one-world religion, one-world economic system. They're not even human. They're mingled in with us, steering us away. Why? Because they're super, uh, super intelligent. They're uh, been around since creation. Uh, they kind of got an edge on us in, in many ways. We can't contend with them in our own power and might. We better be walking in the power and might of God's spirit and using the spiritual weapons. That's the only way we're going to handle someone like them. But this guy is going to end up, he thinks he's got it all worked out. He's got his super vaccine. He's going to be uh, probably one of 10 world leaders in the 10 bided uh, kingdom of the United Nations has carved out that the scriptures actually say in Revelation 17, he thinks he's carving out a piece of chunk for him. Uh-uh, we get all your goodies because you're the loser. You don't win. We get what you made. That's how come you're the gatekeeper. Not because you're giving it willingly, because you want to, because you're the loser. You go to go to get to be with the beast of the beast, and you're on the menu. Um, so, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm laughing. <laughs> he loves you so much, you're just an expendable idiot. Matter of fact, he's just going to feed his stone stomach with his own kind. I mean, that's that's what evil does. Evil consumes itself. So that's what it's doing. And uh, we get all your goodies. So that's how you provide it. Not because you want to, but because you have to. Because the Bible says in uh, Philippians, he, he is able to subdue all things unto himself. That means a multiverse. Man, I don't care if there's the infinite alternate realities. You know what? He is going to subdue all of them to himself. He makes everything right in his time. So there's going to be one God, one universe, one earth, one heaven. Mm -hmm. All under his control. Conformity. That's right. We might, you know, that's even alluding that part of our heaven might be that we're going to be helping to right some of the wrong. Eric and I were bouncing stuff back and forth, our favorite sci-fi movies and everything. And, oh, man, it's going to be just like that. Oh, 
I got to remember something else. One thing I've been able to connect with the millennials because I meet them at their own, where they're at. Believe it or not, through Marvel and DC Comics and some of the online, you know, games that they play now, I can preach the gospel through that, and they get it, they understand it, because they have been programmed since their birth in in theosophy, in quantum physics. They may not know what a theosophy is, you may not even know what a quantum physics is, but you know what? They got all the concepts, they got all the ideas already in their brains from watching cartoons, from watching comics, from reading the comic books, from seeing the movies. Everything they've been exposed to in every facet of entertainment and and uh, gaming and everything has prepared them. They already know these concepts. So it's sometimes I find it easier to talk to them than it is for somebody in my age limit, a boomer, try to convince a boomer, try to start explaining to a boomer about quantum physics. And I'll tell you, most of them, they just want to tar and feather me and run me out on a rail. Mm-hmm. They just really, they're they're the tough ones. They've been so, I mean, especially those that have been raised in the church and taught certain man-made traditions. Yeah, that's true. That is the hardest group to to try to convince anything because they got all the answers. They already know. No, that Bible doesn't say anything about that. Bible doesn't say you better hope it does because you ain't got an answer, do you? (laughs) Interesting you brought that up because I I want to pose a question. Um, this whole thing with the COVID, you know, and, and uh, them, them seem to be attacking the churches. Uh, we have talked for a long time, and I think Eric's the, the most proficient on this when it comes to this subject, but I think he's not here, and we will we'll do. But he um, is adamant that God is, and, and I think, um, help me, who's that other prophet? The fireman. Um, oh, uh, Mark Taylor. Yeah, Mark Taylor was saying that um, God is going to ultimately up. get rid of the uh, the C five hundred one C threes. Yep. And um, because of that, I, I'm wondering if the COVID has something to do with that. Because I think that God is uh, well. Actually, I think He's doing two things. The first thing is that He is um, He's getting the kids out of uh, the the indoctrination mills, the schools. And a lot of people yeah. are starting to homeschool, which is good. It's a very good thing. And um, if they can afford it, by all means, do it. But the second thing is, I think he's trying to get us away from um, traditional churchianity, for maybe for lack of better words. Yeah. Um, and and get us used to the idea that we're going to have to start meeting in our houses. We're going to have to start forming groups of what our governor says, 10 or less, um, you know, in, in order to be able to effectively have uh, communion with each other and with with the Lord on on Sunday or Saturday, whichever day you, you practice. But um, I think that uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of churches, oh, yeah, she's doing this. She's doing that to the churches. Well, this might be a silver lining to that cloud. You know, um, because the 501c3 is is going to come crashing down. And because, like, you know, Eric says that a lot of people give um, they give to to basically show that they have status. And because of that, they are given status within the church. Right. And they control things, um, which is totally unscriptural. But um, so getting rid of the 501c3, and now there'll still be churches. They can, there can be. It just won't, you know, I think a lot of people quit going um, 
Well, all the tithing is mismotivated. So if they're not going to have that motivation anymore, where are they going to have any money to do anything? Because you you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not going to get it. But the little home churches, (laughs) they're going to be thriving, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he see he understands the church structure because he's been involved in it and part of that on that level in that kind of a mega big church. And right, boy, his pastor sure didn't understand. Wow, talking about clueless. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, what what pastor you know that of a big church would like to hear that message? You know, um, that would be like a repent or you're losing everything message. Uh, no, a lot of people aren't going to do that. But, um, you know, I think, like I said, there's a silver lining to this cloud, maybe a gold lining as far as I'm concerned, um, in that, you know, the, the church is going to get cleaned up. It's it's not going to be yeah. a not going to be a place where the rich people can go in and the, those who uh, donate all the money get get all the say in the church. You know, it's it's and it's going to take away from uh, any. Uh, bad motivations that pastors might have for uh, for def- uh, for fleecing uh, the flock, so to speak. And um, so there there may be a good things. And like I said, getting rid of uh, getting the kids out of public schools, my goodness, you know that that's a good thing too. Now I know that schools are necessary, but it also might cause the schools to realize that they need to straighten up too, uh, because they're going to be under a more watchful eye. <clears throat> You know, there are um, parents that have been homeschooling and do send their kids back to school are going to say, uh, we noticed a difference when we sent our when he kept our kids home and taught them. They weren't rebellious. They didn't speak back to us. They uh, in, in evil manner. Um, they you know, they learned they they didn't have to do that common core hell that you guys put them through. And we want to <laughs> change and we want to see changes or else we're right. pulling them out. You know, and then you're going to see other parents that are going to see the changes that the uh, homeschooled kids have gone through, and they're going to want what the homeschooled kids have, and and it's this could start a whole revolution in the, in the um in the teaching industry, which would be you know kind of interesting actually. And a, a good thing, yeah. yeah. What it looks like it's falling apart is actually it needs to, so that the right thing can. You know, it can be corrected. Yeah, the walls of Jerusalem yeah. have to be torn down in order to be able to rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. and that makes a lot of sense about the schooling, too. It, it it's, puts an extra hardship on a lot of families. I know it, it does with my son's family, but uh, but in a, in a way, you, you trade off. Um, they're not getting brainwashed by the, you know, cricket, core curriculum stupidity and idiocy. They're at least going to get proper education. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, there yeah. are a lot of good things that are going to come out of this pandemic. I think. Um, I, I've known. Um, I, I knew a, a woman. I still know her. She's friends on Facebook. Lives down in California. Um, they're from Armenia. Her and her family. Her and her husband and kids. And um, I said, "How did you put up with all the indoctrination?" Because she's uh, what Armenian Orthodox, and you know, communism definitely, and was no friends of the Armenian Orthodox right. Church. And um, so she said, well, we knew the truth and we just listened to what they said and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and just just to get out of school, you know, and uh, and then we went on with our lives afterwards. So there's a possibility that that could happen, too. Um, So uh, but again, it's all according to how the kids are brought up. 
you know, uh, if they're brought up in a righteous household with, uh, with good parents, then, um, they're going to be able to withstand in the, in that day, you know, cause they'll have a firm foundation that they're, they're, they're built on. And, uh, but I think that parents need to keep up on this too, because, you know, you can't just, um, Brian, you're, you're a contractor, you know, you, you put the foundation in and you build the framing and then you put the outside on the wiring, the plumbing, everything else. And you could, you know, when you're done, you move in and you can say, okay, that's it. But with a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, yeah, you got to paint the house every so many years and you got to replace the roof, you know, and, and you got to do right. this and you got to do that. The carpet goes bad and you got to replace the carpet or the flooring or whatever. You just can't say, okay, well, it's done. I'm, I'm never doing anything again. And the same things with, with these kids in school, you know, you got, okay, they had a firm foundation. They know who the Lord is. They know what's right. But you got to keep on them. You got to keep after them. Keep up the maintenance, so to speak, you know. And um, and until they're 18, you can do it. Um, and afterwards, you, you you still can. But you know, you have to kind of hope that they'll listen and and uh, and keep up the uh, the uh, building, so to speak. But um, yeah, it's it's important that um, it's going to be interesting. Let's just say to to see what happens. Um, when and if this pandemic ever happens, I, I know that the governor here in this state, um, and, and I'm being very gracious by, by even calling her the governor of this state. There's many names that I, I could use, but I War, won't. warlord, warlord, yeah, warlord. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you name it. And, um, now she, you know, she is on record as saying we're not coming out of phase two until there's a vaccine. And so she's probably going to try oh. to force the vaccine on everybody. And I have no doubt that Governor Newsom is going to do the same thing. Right, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, he will. So. Try that. Yep. So, you know, that is going to be kind of a test for the mark of the beast to see how, how many people will take it and who won't. Really? If you can't go shopping because you didn't have the vaccine and you can't... Uh, you can't. Uh, sorry, I saw the message. And, <laughs> and you can't go here. You can't uh, trade, buy, sell, or trade because you don't have the vaccine. Uh, you can't go to certain in, into certain buildings because you didn't have. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm a state worker. Oh, you know, you know, you know the th- the thing is that that. Well, I know that you have a lot of different talents and abilities, even some of the stuff working with your hands, as long as you're willing to work maybe twice the amount of work at half the pay, there's going to be people out there that are greedy, even during the time of the Antichrist, they're going to say, you know what, I know these the Christians, they're on the run, but they, they are good workers and they I can get them real cheap, so I'm just going to, you know, the pickup trucks are coming to the back of the 7-Elevens and, and pick up a handful of Christians that will work cheap. You know, if you you might have to work hard and work cheap, but you can still survive. There's always a way to survive. Yeah, and hope that the driver's not really a FEMA worker. <laughs> well, you uh, know, well, then again, you know, <laughs> your, your time's up, it's up, man. You know. Yeah, that's true. They're a win-win. No, I mean, it, it'll be, it's not going to be fun. I, I shouldn't make light of it or laugh, but the thing is that God is our provider. and He'll provide, but it may not be to our liking. It may not be to, but, you know what we want but it'll meet our needs we'll have a full belly we'll have yeah. strength to endure and carry on another day uh-huh and maybe tell you know maybe witness to the guy that's uh 
actually an agent taken to a FEMA camp instead of, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's I, right. I don't deal with the what ifs. The thing is, God is going to provide and we're going to get through and we're going to uh-huh. win no matter what. So that's it's going to work out. But, yeah, that's where our faith has to be. You know, it says that the people that are um, actually fall into it. And I, and I noticed that and it's a prominent thing. It's always the fearful, the fearful and the fearful because fear it's not hate is um, hate is not the opposite of of love. It's fear. Yeah, hate's a manifestation of fear. yeah of yeah. the fear. It's the fear though, and so people get afraid and they're willing to compromise, compromise God, compromise His ways. You know, two wrongs don't make a right. You can't do bad to do good. It doesn't work out that way. Right. You stand ground on the promises of God and believe Him to be the provider. If you don't. You have fear. If you have fear, you know what? You you screw up and you end up on the wrong end of history, the wrong end of uh, eternity, and everything else. I mean, you don't want to do that. Exactly you can't right. fear. Yeah. Hey, with that in mind, uh, we don't want to fear the great pumpkin, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it is pumpkin time for people that live uh, in the future in these uh, in the eastern zone there. And uh, you know, I got to apologize to you guys because I didn't introduce you at the beginning. I always it's do okay. that. You're on a roll, man. You were on a roll. It was good. It's okay. Yeah, it's cool. on a Kaiser roll. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, I just want to thank you, man. Brian, thank you, man, for being here. You've, yeah, you always contribute you, so much, and you have so much knowledge and, and wisdom, and, and the Lord just knows the exact words to put in your mouth to come out, man. I'm telling you, it's you're a blessing to us. You really, really are, as, as are you, Jim. Because you have the, both of you guys have the Bible knowledge, you have the, the pastoral knowledge, you have the prophetic knowledge, and um, it's just a blessing to be able to serve the Lord with you guys. And I just, uh, I, I, I end every show just thankful that I have friends and brothers like you, and it's just, uh, it's just a blessing. So thank you so much, both of you. Yeah. Ditto, man. Ditto, definitely. So. With having said that, uh, I guess we'll close things out. Um, Brian, thanks again. Thanks for having me. Oh, hey. I'm going to do a little short, short you're number for four. our audience. Yeah, Brian's number four, man. He's he's not a he's not a guest. Yeah. He's a co-host. He's a number four. So, uh, or number one in my book. Well, but, the three, know, three musketeers, that. the three musketeers always had four people anyway, too. So, you know, that's cool. Yeah, that's right. So we're cool. Okay. <laughs> so you want to say a prayer and then we'll yeah, go ahead and close yeah. out? Father, we just pray, Lord, that at the end of our program here, Lord, that I hope we have helped instill a lack of fear, the search for confidence, find out God's plan. Lord, we just pray that you'll have our audience seek out and find out God's plan, that God has a secret plan. He is in control. He has divulged that to his prophets. It says in the Bible, the servants, his prophets. Servants means that these are people that serve the Lord. They have a proven life. They have a proven word that's consistent with the word of God, consistent with their actions in their own personal life, and they've borne fruit in their life. This gives us discernment is to know what kind of people are the prophets, not a fake prophet, not someone that walks one way and talks talks one way and walks another way, but someone who has a past and a proven, established life with bearing good fruit. 
Lord, these people we have come in contact with, we've shared some of them on our program. Pray that they'll seek them out. Watch the Mark Tyler story. Um, consider Kim Clements' prophecies. Consider um, uh, Mark Taylor's prophecies. And realize that when we're mentioning Trump, we're not talking politics. We're talking prophecy fulfilled, promises completed right before our eyes. A man has to lead this country back to its place that isn't owned or bought by anyone, and that's Trump. So, Lord, I pray that you'll allow people to start seeing him in the true calling he has and not the crazy accusations or the fears or the regrets of, of what he was in the past. Help us to all see your plan and stay stable in an unstable world, to provide hope when there doesn't seem to be any hope, to have clarity to direct our steps, Lord, to do, be fearless and bold and be strong and do exploits as you told Daniel to do. Help, help us to all have our own part in that. So I ask, Lord, that we bring peace and that, and that passes all understanding and, and a stability for our audience that we might have through this program helped impart that or get them on a track where they can pursue it by now for themselves. We ask this in your mighty and precious name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Well, thank you, Brian. Good night, y'all, and uh, have a yeah. blessed week until we meet again. We'll see you next Monday. All right. All right. See Bye. you next week. Bye.